Chapter 1 The Grand Deception As mentioned in the prologue, a very oft-quoted axiom states the truth is stranger than fiction, which is a very strange saying, only that it only makes sense if all of what we have been taught as truth is or was actually fiction. So upon hearing the actual truth, it obviously sounds like fiction. Again, there's a scripture in Revelation 12, 9 informing us the devil deceives the whole world, not just part. It seems virtually no one actually accepts that scripture for what it plainly says, though they claim to. Again, I myself was once one of those with that mindset of self-righteous pride. It was only having the veil of deceit supernaturally removed that I began to see and understand. The amazing thing is I was not looking for the truth because I thought my church and I already had it. But for some reason which is still not completely understood, the most shocking and amazing understanding and knowledge in thousands of years was unveiled and all I could do was write it down for whom it was intended. When most people are asked if they like or want truth, <clears throat> they virtually always say yes. Unfortunately, what they actually mean is they want more of what they already have and believe is truth. Unfortunately, the truth we were all given was delivered by our religion, our school, our family tradition, government, science, and or friends. On top of that, we are being fed more supposed truth from social media, movies, TV, news, medias, and of course, politics. But none of those can honestly be trusted. Unfortunately, our ancestors partook of the tree of the knowledge of good, that is truth, and evil, that's falsehoods. How ironic, though, nestled right in the heart of believe is hidden a lie. In reality, nothing originates from us, that is humans. We, from the beginning, have been fed knowledge, both good and evil, from behind the dimensional curtain. Few people understand this world is not being led, taught, and governed directly by humans, but trans-dimensional puppet masters. Ephesians 6.12 informs us, We wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, that is, ruling spirit princes, against powers, against spiritual hosts of wickedness in the heavenly places. Supporting that scripture, the Hebrew Messiah told the religious leaders, i.e. the Jews, they were of their father the devil. That's John 8:44. The Messiah also reminded them the devil, that is their spirit guide, was a murderer from the beginning and does not stand in the truth because there's no truth in him. He went on to say when he, that is it, speaks, it's a lie. He speaks from his own resources for he or it is a liar and the father of it. What a shocking mouthful, but it makes one ask. Are the religious leaders of today any different? Did they somewhere stop listening to the devil lie to them, considering they all agree on virtually nothing except the immortal soul lie? The Messiah goes on to tell the Pharisees, Because I tell you the truth, you do not believe me. That's John 8:45. Obviously, what he is saying is due to the lying spirit in them. They were not able to hear or comprehend the real truth. That thought is reinforced by the writer of Ephesians, that is in chapter 2, verse 2, who speaks of the prince of the power of the air, the spirit that works in the sons of disobedience. And since most Protestants teach that we are not under or subject to the law, calling it a curse, it has made us one of the most lawless or unrighteous and disobedient societies in history. Putting all those scriptures together then, a very clear picture begins to emerge. There are spirit princes, that is, rulers of the air, that are filling humanity with their lies and deception. But that's no accident. It is a very essential part of a great plan by the creators to raise up a family for themselves. 
Considering the creators live outside of time and space, they quite literally have all the time in the world to accomplish it, fun intended. For whatever reason, this phase of the creator's plan involves seven to 8,000 years. Only he knows exactly why. My personal guess is that's the amount of time it will take for the number of children the creators want to be born into their family. They want lots of kids. Apparently, they have personal plans for each and every one of us for eternity. After all, it's stated, the eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which God, that is Yahweh, has prepared for those who love, that is to choose and obey Him. That is 1 Corinthians 2.9. Speaking of time, those who control the past, that is history, control the present and the future. That's a quote from George Orwell. Ironically, the truth has been sprinkled all around us like a thousand-piece puzzle. Unfortunately, it's impossible to correctly assemble it without the help of the big picture. After all, can you imagine trying to assemble a thousand-piece puzzle without a picture to guide you? Well, that's what Christianity and all the other religions of the world have done. And as you should probably guess, none of them are even close to assembling the correct picture. Some parts are correct to a degree, but none even come close to the actual big picture. Well, that's what this dissertation is attempting to accomplish, laying out that big picture. So buckle up for that very wild ride. This is not your grandma's roller coaster. We begin with the fact that there is an astoundingly intelligent creator so far above us, that is, in understanding and intelligence, we are just barely beginning to understand even bits and pieces of his mind-blowing creation. But then he tells us his thoughts and ways are as high above us as the heavens above the earth. That's Isaiah 55, 8 through 9. That thought opens the door to the biggest lie the evil ones ever forced upon modern humanity. Evolution. That said, as wise as we think we are, we are not even close to constructing, that is from scratch, what has been referred to as the simple cell. Scientists are making progress in manipulating the genome and the DNA of cells, but not creating them from scratch. That's understandable, considering the so-called simple cell is estimated to have 185,000 irreducible complexities. If even one of those 185,000 is not exact and functioning all at the same time, it cannot live. <clears throat> A simple mousetrap has only four irreducible parts. But no one of sound mind would accept, given enough time, it would assemble itself and work yet they expect us to believe 185,000 irreducible parts all came together perfectly, that is, with complete DNA and all 21 proteins and acids. By the way, many of those necessary proteins and acids are annihilated if subjected directly to water, oxygen, and sunlight. These proteins and acids need to be encased in a protective shell, programmed like a machine, that is, by extreme intelligence, to light tiny amounts of water and oxygen in extremely delicate measured amounts, a feat utterly impossible without extreme intelligence engineering it. The honest scientists know that even with endless eons of time, the so-called simple cell could never come together and work on its own. The late Charles Misser, let his scientist turn Christian, said, if the probability, if attempted, is in the neighborhood of 1 to the 60th power. 1 to the 50th power in science parlance is considered absurd, that is, completely impossible. But as smart as science wants us to believe they are, the truth is, even with their most modern equipment and sophisticated labs, they haven't begun creating that so-called simple cell. 
Artificial intelligence, AI, by the way, is not the same thing as organic life. It can only imitate life. Again, the lying princes of the air have been feeding foolish humanity nonsense, which we have been shockingly lapping up like thirsty dogs. That's evolution. But there is a valuable purpose to that supposed madness. <clears throat> Getting back to the amazing creation, it demands an amazingly intelligent creator. And such an intelligent creator is not going to create such an astounding creation as mankind without giving us an operations manual. You see, all of the plant and animal species were programmed on how to live, that is, stay alive, what to eat, and how to reproduce. There is no thinking reasoning process with them. They simply do as they're programmed. A baby animal, immediately upon being born, gets up and knows right where to nurse its mother. <clears throat> but a baby human <clears throat> will just lie there and die if not fed and cared for. Humanity is not programmed like the wild kingdom, but have been given higher gift than the animals and plants, which is free moral agency, that is, choice. We get to choose to be different and unique. Unlike the plants and animals, we are different and unique individuals with the freedom from being forced to follow pre-programmed behavior. We are free to build different kinds of houses, drive different types of cars, design and wear different clothes, etc. Sadly, the evil ones operating from behind the curtain hate our uniqueness and are doing everything they can to erase our special differences. That is the real purpose behind racism. We see it everywhere we look these days, but our creators love our differences, which we need to learn to love as well. <clears throat> Having established the astounding and awesome design of mankind, one cannot possibly conclude we were created with, with or for no special purpose. In fact, our purpose is so great it has sparked war in the spirit realm that is over us. There is a portion of spirit princes, that is angels, that have dedicated their existence to eliminating humanity. And strange as this is going to sound, the animal kingdom is very much involved in that purpose. That purpose is an extremely fascinating story, i.e. history, one unfortunately relegated to the dusty shelves of legend and myth. Unfortunately, that foolish attitude towards our supposed ancient history involved the animal kingdom, where would be undoing would be the undoing of human, humankind, were it not for a greater power that is the creator and his army of faithful angelic soldiers watching over and stepping in where needed. The big problem with mankind is we have no real grasp of the time continuum involved in the other, that is, the spirit dimension. It states in 2 Peter 3.8, with the Lord, that is the Creator, one day is as a thousand years for us, and a thousand years one day. In other words, time in the spirit realm is mind-bogglingly slow compared to our timeline. You see, in that realm, the Garden of Eden and the great Noahic flood were just earlier this week. In fact, all the ancient animosities and hatreds are as fresh in the spirit world as a few days ago. And again, as is oft quoted, those who forget the past are doomed to repeat it. That is like ancient Bible history. Getting back to those ancient hatreds and animosities, they involve the big problem of humanity, which at the same time is also our greatest gift, free moral agency. That means we're free to do and believe anything we want which unfortunately means we will also reap the consequences of those choices, both good and or evil. That's the ultimate price of true freedom. In fact, if we go back to the Garden of Eden, Adam and Eve were cautioned to not partake of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. That's in Genesis 2, 16-17, as it would be the death of them. On the other hand, they were advised to freely eat, that is, partake of the tree of life. That would be eternal life. 
Unfortunately, they, under the coercion of the dragon, not serpent, by the way, chose badly. They chose death, not life. We know it must have broken the Creator's heart when they made their foolish decision. But true to their free moral agency, he had to allow them their choice. Unfortunately, their choice resulted in the expulsion from the garden. That was the Creator's home. And then, ultimately, death. Another negative result of their choice was they now had to work and sweat to eat, to be clothed and to be protected from the elements. Life was no longer easy with all their needs being provided as it was in the garden. And what Yahweh promises and will give us in the coming new Eden if we will only embrace him and his way. That is the tree of life. <clears throat> Going into the next chapter, we'll step back into ancient times, that is before Adam and Eve, and piece together the historical bits and pieces given in the Bible and from once canonical, that is, biblical texts such as Enoch. Without that long-lost knowledge, it's impossible to understand our present condition and what orchestrated our present state. Of course, what occurred in ancient times, shaping and molding our current age, is only half the picture. The other half is where we're going and how we get there. That is the New Eden. One thing's for sure, this knowledge now being unveiled by the is the most shocking and amazing truth ever imagined. In fact, it's beyond imagination, but in a good way. I will end this chapter with a couple thoughts. One, repeating that amazing quote from 1 Corinthians 2.9, Eyes not seen, nor ear heard, nor has entered into the heart of man the things which the Creator has prepared for those who love Him. <clears throat> the operative words being, love Him. And second, to remind us the Scriptures are an extremely complicated puzzle, a puzzle impossible to assemble without supernatural help. In fact, it was the spirit world that made it impossible to understand. So naturally, without the help of the spirit world to assemble this puzzle, it's simply not going to happen. But once it understood, it is literally a whole new world, i.e. existence. Arthur Schopenhauer, an 18th century philosopher, stated, Truth comes in three stages. First, it is rejected. Second, it is violently opposed. And third, it is accepted as self-evident. Don't quit. Truth takes time.